Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dust McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. This is episode 140. It is Wednesday, January 10th. Uh, I can't believe it's already January. I can't believe it's already January 10th. Like, it seems like time is just flying right now. And I've already started the process of trying to map out a tentative high school spring schedule, which... Uh, on its own probably takes like days to kind of come up with even just an outline of of where you think you're going to be and try to see everybody as much as you can. But uh, it's fun. It's exciting. I mean, I, I feel like we're going to snap our fingers and we're going to be at scrimmages and tournaments and everything else. And the festival will be here before we know it. But uh, Drew, how are you doing? Um, how are things going in, in your world up in the uh, the greater Rockwall area? Um, well, it's been cold the last couple of days. Sounds like it's supposed to snow slash freeze. So I've been given a list of um, winter prep okay. uh, instructions. Um, so started on that and uh, I got a, uh, um, a just, you know, keep in mind, we were victims of the freeze uh, back in 2021. So we are, uh, we are very, uh, there's PTSD involved with those type of events. So I've been also been given a grocery list of um, non-power needing foods. Okay. Um, so uh, that's on my list today. So going to be doing some of that over the next couple of days. And uh, yeah, that's yeah. Every, that's everybody's got. favorite E word in the state of Texas has been popping up this week. ERCOT. So, um, uh, I still have, I, I still have alerts set up for anything ERCOT, ERCOT wise, whenever, um, whenever they tweet something. So, yeah, that's a smart idea. I just, I saw some people were talking about it. And I looked at Monday here, like the low is going to get to 15, um, yeah. but the high gets above freezing. I was like, Oh boy. Like we haven't gone through a winter in our new house yet. So like, right. I don't know how likely the power is going to go out and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, just the, the fun things that we uh, that deal with in January and February down here in Texas. Um, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at Hitforth. And they've got a really good deal right now. Uh, through January, you can try Hitforth for $59. That's $40 off. You can just go to the website, www.hitforth.com h-i-t-f-o-r-t-h.com um, and check them out the high-tech development center that produces pound for pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state located in austin texas and as we always say they do remote training as well remote assessments remote programs um, as long as you've got a facility or a place to hit i mean you can pretty much do um, everything and they can really they they in, individualize every program and tailor it to what you've got to use, what you're trying to accomplish, all those sorts of things. So um, if you're a hitter that's gearing up and, you know, maybe you're a guy that's trying to crack the varsity roster this year or um, you're in high school for the first time or, you know, you're a junior or senior um, trying to, to reach that next developmental phase and kind of unlock some more things offensively, cannot recommend these guys strongly enough. Um, they're the best in Central Texas uh, just the time they put into it, the expertise, the strength and conditioning, 
Uh, it's all top notch and it can, it's going to get you results. It's going to help you hit the ball harder. It's going to help you be more efficient. It's going to help you do all the things that matter and help you perform better on the baseball field. So check those guys out. H A T F O R T H.com and on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, at hit fourth. Um, so last week we spent, uh, some time at the ABCA convention, um, at the Gaylord result resort in, uh, in the Dallas area. It was my first ABCA. Uh, it's a lot. It's it's uh it's it's pretty chaotic. Um, not necessarily in like a negative way, but there's just a lot of people and there's a lot of things going on. And um, I mean that's what it is. I mean it's like the biggest convention of its kind in the world for baseball coaches. So you get a lot of high school coaches, you get a ton of college coaches, you get pro coaches, player development scouts. And of course, the trade show is just loaded with the best of the best when it comes to baseball equipment, development, all that sorts of stuff. So uh, it was fun to get out to, you know, what Drew, what'd you think? And uh, um, unlike you, I don't really have to hide as much when I go through these things because not as many people know me. Um, But I know you, it's just kind of like you got to kind of weave your way through before, you know, 15 people grab you and pull you aside. Yeah, yeah. Love this event. Like we talked about last week, I think it's, it's a, it just serves as a signifier that it's time to go, you know, Mm -hmm. like baseball season's ready to go. Uh, So, you know, you can feel the excitement. Um, You know, I I always enjoy seeing a bunch of people, you know, whether it be high school, college, and even I saw a lot more pro guys there this time around than I ever remember seeing. Um, So that was kind of different, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, I think I'd love to see the numbers. I would imagine that this was one of the most heavily attended ones just because there's so many, so many high school, so many more high schools in Texas than a lot of places. So I think, you know, the, the closeness um, for a lot of them to be able to come ramped up the, uh, the attendance, but park and especially the parking. Cause a lot of those guys I think were driving (laughs) in, you know, like, that's one of the that's one of the things I always notice. Like I've been to it now. This was my second time in Dallas, and it just has a different feel um, a little bit when you're at home or staying at home. Uh, you know, I've, m- most of the ones I've been to, I've, it's been kind of a you know semi vacation a little bit, coupled in with some baseball stuff. So it de- definitely has a different feel. But great to see a lot of the people. Um, you know, definitely got some really good feedback from some of the high school coaches and um had some had some schools asking about getting in the festival for next year so um that's always encouraging uh we get to talk about some guys as we move forward today that we're going to have playing in the event this um this year um but yeah it was it, it was a great event minus the parking um which reminds me i think i need to turn in some parking receipts, but, um, yeah, that yeah. garage filled up quick for the convention. Oh <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of them, several all of them. Garages. Yeah. All of them did. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was tricky, but yeah. Another thing that goes along with, uh, not staying there. So, um, uh, but yeah, great event overall, uh, excited, you know, again to get going. Uh, I think that always marks the, the start of the season for a lot of people in their mind. So, um, here we go. Yeah, here we go. And it was also great to see, you know, our our West Coast staff, um, guys we communicate with a yeah. lot, but but don't get to see all the time. It was really fun. It was kind of like a, we had everybody in in one place and catching up with those guys um, as they're gearing up for 
uh, for their upcoming season as well. Our, our guy, Tim Arcaw, has been raking up the airline miles, going from California to Hawaii and then, you know, over to Dallas and then back home. So I'm, I'm sure he was uh, he was ready to get back and relax a little bit, but it was really fun to see those um, those guys as well. But um, yeah, it kind of, you know, we've, we've done some reflecting on the 2023 season and, and the year and things like that. And we thought it'd be good for, for today's episode to kind of go through some players that uh, we're excited about for the upcoming year. And, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons, and, you know, a lot of those senior guys that we'll talk about today are kind of more of the um, major pro prospect types of players that um, we're excited to see, but I feel like the industry is really tracking as well and scouts and, and things like that to kind of see where these guys fit um, in the draft puzzle when that time comes um, in July. But uh, we thought it'd be fun to go through and, and each pick a player um, from Texas, California, Arizona, and then a national name uh, to, to discuss uh, in the 2024, 2025, um, and 2026 classes. Um, just as guys that, you know, we're excited about so many players, but um, maybe just guys in particular that uh, we're anxious to see or to follow or to just kind of, you know, maybe they're guys we're betting on that are going to really take off um, in the spring, but it's just kind of a fun way to go through and, and kind of preview some things. And, you know, we've got so much coverage going on in California and Arizona. And then, um, you know, some of those national names as well from uh, from those other states or guys that we saw this summer or guys that uh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing this year in the future in the summer and things like that. So, um, well, I'll, I'll lead us off uh, with the 2024 class and um, we'll start in Texas. And I guess this is a little bit of a homerish pick, but uh, because it's about 15 minutes from the house, but um, I, I'm really excited to see Theo Gillen this year. And a main reason why is that like he's had a normal off season and I, I don't know the last time, you know, Theo had a normal, uh, normal off season. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues in the past and um, it's been kind of, you know, he had that late um, kind of knee issue late last season on a home plate collision, a game I was actually at and that kind of nagged at him um, during the summer, but um, all systems go for him. I think he's had a great off season. I've seen some workout videos. I think he's added some muscle. Um, I've heard he's running really well and I heard he's more physical. Um, and I'm excited too, because I, I feel like, you know, that we've always really, really liked to swing. It's a great left-handed swing. He's always hit, but there's always been that chance. He's going to hit for a, a lot more power. And I, I think that we're going to see that this season, um, and I kind of want to see how things line up defensively for him now that he's he had a normal offseason, he's healthy, he's going into it um, even more removed from kind of his shoulder issues in the past. So um, really excited about Theo Gillen and fortunate for me, you know, it's 15 minutes from my house, which is great. You don't get guys um, like this coming through Central Texas that often. I was trying to think of the last hitter in this area that had like this amount of you know, hype's not the right word, but was like this kind of famous of a name, even in draft circles and things like that. And you probably have to go all the way back to Brett Beatty, maybe. Um, yeah. as, as, you know, a guy that was at Lake Travis ended up being a first round pick for the Newark Mets and, and debuted. Um, and he's probably going to be their starting third baseman this year. He's definitely competing for that job. But um, so we don't get hitters like this around here. Um, we get the arms, uh, but not necessarily the hitters. So I'm really fired up to see Theo Gillen this year. Um, I, I think with a, a healthy offseason, added strength. I mean, I think he's really going to hit at a high level for Westlake. 
Yeah, uh, for me in the 24 class, I'm going to go with uh, Jackson Burns. Um, Good he's one. a guy that, you know, I think may have gotten a little bit tired towards the end of the summer um, and saw some video of him recently, and Mm -hmm. it looks electric. Uh, And I think I think that's interesting because I don't know that there's like a clear pecking order uh, in Texas when it comes to the arms um, like we've seen in some years. Um, But he's in a guy that he's a guy that could ascend uh, up, up the, up people's list throughout the spring. Um, you know, kind of like Cannon Kemp did last year. Uh, oh just, yeah. Good call. Yeah. I mean, you know, big physical uh, right-handed arm. Um, I mean, I just talking to people that are around him. I mean, there's, there's a real feeling that you, you may see some 95, 96, 97s in there coming out this spring and based on the video I saw, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, it'll, there'll be some looks at him uh, for, for Southwest Christian this spring. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I think he's a guy that you could see really climb some lists uh, throughout the spring um, as he continues to, to fill out and kind of refi- refine his repertoire. Yeah, it's a great call. I, I think on the pitching side, that'd probably be my pick as well. And, like you said, there's a. I feel like there's a clump of arms that are kind of all the same, and depending on what scouts you talk to, they might have a different hierarchy and how they rank them and how they pref them. Um, and it's like there's a chance for a guy to really ascend and become like the dude. Um, and and he's. I mean, that video we saw. It's a, he's he's a good as bad as anyone to to really take off this year. Um, going out to California in the 2024 class, I'm gonna stick with the arms. I'm gonna go with Braylon Doty. Um, who was a really big get um, in the process for Oklahoma State. And entered area code, like, not as famous as a lot of those other pitchers. Um, you know, just a guy that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, if I remember right, just wasn't, like, a huge summer circuit presence, like, you know, through some, and then, like, he kind of really started taking off, and and people were really excited about him, and then he got out of the area code, and it was, like, I think it was the best breaking ball there. Uh, like the delivery, easy strikes, filled up the strike zone. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, from a pro side, like those guys, if, if you're a right-handed pitcher, you've got to be really, really special or you've got to be reasonably priced <laughs> to kind of fit your talent and not sit in the same price tag. So um, I don't know what he's what he's working with in that regard, but I think this is a guy that's going to get heavily, heavily scouted in the spring. Um, if you actually look at his profile on our, on our website, he's, he's shown a change up in the past it's there. Um, so, you know, if, I know people are going to be seeing like, all right, we see the fastball, we see the break ball. What's, what's the third pitch like to help project him um, as a starting pitcher. But, uh, we saw him at the 96 miles an hour. Uh, we saw the breaking ball really, really good. He can, the delivery, um, I've heard really strong things about the makeup as well. So, uh, this is a guy I think could pop in California um, and kind of really move up that list and be a guy that's heavily, heavily scouted um, and certainly in the mix as a guy that could be selected early on in the upcoming draft. Yeah, that, that performance at Area Code was wow. Um, that, that was the easiest way to sum it up for me. But man, and he and that was coming off of a, that good outing that he had in the five tool uh, yep. West World Series, too. So, um, you know, he's he's a guy with clear stuff, but he's also backed it up with performance, too, which it always means something to me, um, you know, pro scouts, same, but they have to shift a little bit more towards projection. Um, but 
he's he's got both. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he if he ends up a draft guy or at Oklahoma State. But big time arm, big time stuff. Uh, in California, I'm going to go to Harvard Westlake and go with Bryce Rayner. Um, you know, obviously people know a lot about him. He's clearly one of the top players in the country. Uh, I'm just curious of like what people see him as ultimately, mm -hmm. um, whether it's on the mound or at short or somewhere else, you know, in, in the field, but man, like it, it's a good problem to have. Uh, and I, and I'm curious too, what he wants to do. Um, if that has any bearing on what happens with the draft, but, um, you know, I think obviously we saw that video circulating of him the other day, throwing, throwing to some live hitters and, uh, stuff's ready. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no denying that, but just a supremely talented kid, um, that has performed well in some big stages and, uh, just looking forward to the spring for him, because I think, you know, he's going to be a guy that's probably doesn't get to play too many games without double digit people in the stands watching him taking mm. notes. So, um, yeah, big, big, big spring for him for Harvard Westlake and, uh, excited to see what he can do both sides of the ball. Yeah. That video, I, I mean, imagine rolling up to like your first ABs, uh, for like inner squad or something like that of the year. And then <laughs> yeah. Bryce Rainer's out there pumping 96, getting it to both corners, throwing a good breaking ball for a strike, mixing a change up to the arm side. It's like, come on, man. Like we're going to start like this for, for the year. Like that's, but, yeah. um, it can only get, a, it can only get better. Yeah. Right. Right. That's okay. It's, it's all, it's all going to get a little bit easier from there. If you're, if you're seeing Bryce Rainer that early on in, in, um, in January and, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see because, I mean, that video, like, that's it's really good, really, really <laughs> good. I mean, if it's a if he throws a starter's workload this year, I mean, you could be talking about him as the best pitching prospect in California. In addition to being in the mix as the best position player prospect too, so um, must be nice uh, to be that talented. Um, go out to Arizona for my twenty twenty four guy. And I'm going to go with left-handed pitcher Mason Russell, who I, I think is a uh, – I don't know if Sneaky's right, but he's um, – I don't know how – from the publicly, like the people who do like draft rankings and things like that, I think he's a little underrated in that regard. I don't know how the scouts view him out um, in Arizona. But left-handed pitcher, really strong three-pitch mix, good athlete, good delivery – uh, track record of performance. I mean, he was really good um, at a power program in Arizona. And then we saw him out at area code and he was really good uh, there as well. And you start to think of a left-handed pitcher with that kind of stuff, that kind of strike throwing, that kind of delivery, that kind of performance. You start to check a lot of boxes uh, of a guy that's going to be heavily scouted this upcoming spring. And I, I think that we're going to get – a few months from now. And I think there's going to be some buzz around what Mason Russell is doing and, and how much he's getting scouted and, um, and, and where he might potentially fit into the draft process there. But um, definitely one of my favorite left-handed arms um, that I saw in person during the summer. Um, I ended up having him, I think number 12 on my list of, of, of the best pitching prospects I saw um, in person during 2023 from that class. So uh, Mason Russell, uh, really excited to follow his his season out in Arizona this upcoming year. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go to over to Saguaro High School and go with Cam Caminiti. Um, and, you know, you'll see a theme, too. I have a couple guys. He's not the only guy that I have that's reclassified. 
Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of a fascinating trend for me. Uh, we didn't, we haven't really seen a whole lot, but I mean, shoot, like a lot of the, there are quite a few names at the top of the 24 list, uh, and 25 lists that are guys that have reclassified, um, from a younger grade, but, uh, we've seen Caminiti, he's electric, one of the best left-handed arms as far as stuff and pitchability, um, uh, not a lot else to say. I mean, he, the guy dominates um, one of the – a really, really good performance out at area code. Mm -hmm. uh, just, I mean, stuff is as good as anybody in the draft, I would think. Um, and, you know, and he can hit a little bit too. Seeing him, he's a good athlete, I mean, under seven, flat runner, um, and, and big time get for LSU. Um, I would imagine he doesn't end up there, but it wouldn't be the first high profile guy that they've gotten to campus. So um, I'm excited to see what he does just, just because he's an electric player, but also kind of how the reclassification stuff starts to shake out. So I think, you know, his, that storyline for me, um, you know, it's an example with him, but there's quite a few guys in that same boat throughout the spring. That'll be interesting to follow. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You bring up the reclass thing, and we used to see it a ton in basketball, and you still do. And um, I feel like it's still kind of rare in football, but it's been starting to happen a lot in baseball. Um, and I don't know if that's kind of a result of coming out of the pandemic. Maybe more people are kind of homeschooled, or or you know. Maybe people are just kind of more open to with the way the draft use high school guys or with with NIL stuff going on, these major programs or uh, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's just it's just happening, you know, more. Um, and uh, we're kind of seeing it, too. Like, I feel like a lot of these guys that reclass up like their prospect status doesn't really change. And I mean that in a good way. Like you'd right. think like. Like, you know, Cam and Eddie, it's like, okay, you know, he's in the 25 class and he was probably like the dude of the 25 class and he reclassifies the 24, 24 class. And like, he's still one of like a first round dude, <laughs> you know, like, so it's not like it's changing that much. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I I don't know, you know, there, but there's a bunch of big names that have, that have done that recently. But I was looking up Sororo and seeing if, if they played uh, Mason Russell's um, school, because I can imagine there'd be like, you know, Every single area scout and cross checkers and everything like that, that'd be at that one. But uh, yeah, good pick. And uh, a guy that's um, always get really excited when I, I see some videos start rolling through from, from his high school, because uh, I know there's going to be some good stuff on there. Um, my national name in the 2024 class, we're going to Oklahoma for Owen Hall. I've, <laughs> I think there's a chance that he comes out in the spring and like throws extremely hard. Like I'm talking flirts with triple digits uh, we saw him up to 97. Um, I've seen some video recently that he published online of like a bullpen session that was like 80% and it was like 94, 95, just coming out super easy. And I I don't think he was like ramping up. Like if you watch his delivery and his effort and stuff, like I think he was trying to get to 80%, but it was just coming out so well. And I think he still got some physical upside uh, the stuff is really, really loud. I, I just, I think th there could be, we could get some reports of Owen Hall, like, oh my gosh, Owen Hall in February was touching 98, 99 miles an hour. And then like, he just really takes off from there. So uh, excited to follow his upcoming spring. He, he seems like he's one of those prep pitchers 
that could pop and like can really like cement himself as a first round type of talent. Uh, signed with Vanderbilt, and, and we know you signed with Vanderbilt. It can be tough to get you um, get you away from that. But um, he seems like the candidate to me, the guy that we hear. Uh, oh yeah, Owen Hall is throwing extremely hard and striking out a bunch of guys in Oklahoma. Yeah, so talking about Vandy, I'm going to stay with kind of an academic school um, towards the eastern side of the country. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre Madugno, um, Duke commit, who's currently at IMG from New Jersey. But man, I when back when we were doing our national draft last year, which reminds me, we still have a couple of drafts to do here pretty soon. But oh um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so so Andre is one that I've just really liked. And I, you know, I, I've had somewhat of a fascination with um some of the academic schools uh recruiting prowess as of late. You know, it was interesting mm-hmm. because before they changed the rules, um schools like Duke and Wake Forest and Stanford, who typically were not super involved in the early, early recruiting, possibly, you know, probably a lot of it due to the academic standards of, you know, what, what they have to know to be willing to accept a kid or take a kid uh, or really recruit him. But Duke was a school that was really just hammering um, the early recruiting and really getting some big time names. And and Andre's another one of those guys. Um, When I, when I watched clips of him, um, I haven't seen him live, but when I watched clips of him, I, I see a lot of uh, Manny Machado in him, just okay. kind of from the build and the way he moves and stuff. He's he's big, he's athletic, um, and you know, obviously Machado's ended up at third base. I think that's what Andre will play, but um, really like the swing. There's some athleticism in it. He hits the ball really, really hard, and it looks easy. Um, so very interested to see how he does. Um, you know, another thing, you know, we talk about reclassifying as kind of a trend. IMG uh, has become a trend for a lot of like really, really high ranked baseball players, whereas mm-hmm. three or four years ago, it wasn't so much that way. But man, they have completely changed the way that um, that that program has looked and they are getting some of the best of the absolute best. And, and Andre falls in that for me uh, for IMG. But, um, you know never hurts to have a guy like that committing to you if you're Duke. Um, and, and who knows, like, you know, the draft trends on high school guys tend to kind of go in waves and shoot, maybe they end up with a guy like that. And I, I'd, I'd love it for them. I love, I like that Duke program. They do a really good job. And, um, and just like seeing some of these high profile guys showing up on campus. So uh, we'll be interesting to follow him from that regard. Yeah, that's good. Good call. And yeah, Duke. And I mean, they, I feel like every time we kind of learn more about these guys on the East Coast, Duke is always popping up as like a major, major factor uh, for a ton of really, really good players out there. And like you said, they do a really good job. Uh, shifted to the 2025 class, uh, I'm going to start in Texas. And I'm going to start with Jonah Williams uh, from Galveston Ball, just because he's obviously a mega uh, football prospect like surefire five-star type of talent. Um, everybody wants him. Just a phenomenal athlete and uh, just a really, really special football talent. And he's really, really well known as a football player. But like you talk to people and 
he might be equally as good as a baseball player as well, but it's not as well known because he's doing a lot of football stuff, not playing in the summer as much. Um, but like you start to look at what he is athletically, his size. I mean, he's probably 6'2", 200, 6'3", something like that. Uh, looks great. Um, can really, really run. I mean, we're talking from the left side, 3'8", 3'9", down the line. I think he hit like 486 at ball last year and um, can get on the mound as well. And there's a chance that he could push himself up to being in the mix to being like the number one baseball prospect in the state too. Like he's that talented, but like just, I know a lot of people just haven't seen him a lot yet. So I'm, I'm really, really excited um, to follow his progress in the spring. That's a guy that I've peaked at that high school schedule already and like trying to figure out a way to make that work. Because uh, I, I got to see him in person. I, I just have to, um, you know, and I know there's going to be a lot of recruiting directors, uh, recruiting coordinators that want to see him in person too. Like he's, because he's going to start making the junior day rounds for football. And yeah. those baseball programs are going to want to, uh, want to have some interest and potentially try to spend some, some time with him as well. So uh, Jonah Williams, uh, guy with some ball, just a, like one of the best athletes in the nation. Um, just excited to see what 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 happens with him on the baseball side and, and where his talent takes him this upcoming year. Yeah, uh, talking about one of the best athletes in the nation, I'm going to move over to a guy that I feel pretty strongly about in that regard too is Matthew Botton uh, from up here in the Dallas area. Um, A&M commit. Uh, Wanted to check in, see what he was up to. You know, he's he's been involved in some of our hitting stuff, uh, you know, that Jeff got some video of. But, man, like, I was curious to see because he's a big-time basketball player. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one of the, you know, one of the things that people want to see from him is how how much stronger does he get? How much, how much more physical does he get? And, you know, part of that, you know, I know he – I know he lifts continuously, but – you know, it's one of those things that it's part of the debate for being a multi-sport guy uh, versus really specializing is is how you can train in the off season. Um, you know, I think we're pretty heavily on record as saying that we promote the multi-sport stuff for the kids that have the opportunity to do it. Um, and he's a great example of that. And, you know, it, it also gives you a little bit of um, a glimpse into what type of athlete he is. But man, you go to go to his Twitter profile and, or his Twitter feed. And like, there's lots of dunks on there from yeah. recently. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's not just like, Oh yeah, he can dunk. It's that he can dunk in game with authority. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you don't see that a whole lot at the high school level, but man, like getting to see him on a fast break um, is something pretty unique uh, for, for what we pay attention to. I know you're, you're a lot more used to the basketball world than I am, but man, like I, you can tell that there's some special athleticism there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that's going to be, you know, one of his calling cards is that, you know, he's, he's not going to be a finished product. Um, there's a lot, there's plus athleticism there. Um, and, you know, it seemed like the, the question with him, you know, I mean, he's a 25, so it's not even really a relevant question, um, when it comes to draft for this year, but man, just, just seeing how much he continues to grow and how physical he is by this time next year is something that I'm excited to see. And, uh, just great ball player knows how to play the game 
and ball jumps off his bat. So uh, looking forward to watching him play this spring and, and seeing where, where his body and athleticism take him. Yeah. He, you don't see many guys, his height um, dunk as easily he does in games. Like it's one thing to get a big old running start and warm up. So nobody's around you with your buddies, but uh, throwing down a game, that's, that's, that's a little different type of athleticism. Uh, 2025 class in California. I'm going to go to one of our favorites, um, Rashad Hayes. And yeah. really, uh, he's been a standout guy for a long time. The defensive work is has always been top notch. I think a lot of people feel great about his ability to stick at shortstop long term. Um, and I think that he's just kind of scratching the surface of what he's going to do on the hitting side. Um, cause it's, it's a good swing. It's bat speed. Um, there's a lot of natural athleticism there and I don't think it's all quite clicked, you know, as, as a hitter yet, which I mean in a good way, because I think it's on the verge of doing that. And I mean, obviously being a 2025 guy, he's still got two high school seasons, uh, another summer. I mean, he's a guy that's like all over the place. Um, it will be breakthrough, um, Hank Aaron, uh, I think it's probably at the dream series that's going on again. ML, MLK Waken was a really great thing MLB does. Um, so he's, he's logging the miles and he's logging the games and, um, just watching his swing. I was like, man, there's, there's going to be a point where this all clicks, um, because we know the makeups there as well. And I think he's going to be a guy that we fast forward to at the end of next summer and people are like, okay, man, we're really excited about Rashad Hayes as a potential draft guy um, because, you know, the defense is there. Um, and then you start to look at the way the bat performs. Um, I'm just really excited to follow what kind of season he has out in California and the junior and then uh, you know, looking forward to hopefully seeing him again next summer. And uh, I, I'd, I'd be surprised if people aren't like really glowing about what kind of all around player he is um, at the end of the summer. Yeah. One, one of the best kids we've talked to mm -hmm. uh, as far as an interview goes, just, Super intelligent, very thoughtful with his answers. Just, just an awesome kid, and obviously we're huge fans of him. Uh, for California, for the twenty-five group, I'm going to go with Anthony Pack, uh, a guy that you know you you sat there and watched, and you're like, man, this kid is electric as an athlete. Um, and took you know based on what we had heard about him, thought he was going to be pretty raw coming in, uh, but I was really impressed with the competitive at bats he had. Um, while we were at area code and while at the same time still being able to see um, that man there's some small adjustments I think he could make that just take him to another level like he performed well he did well um, timing was a little off and it was just kind of you kind of felt like man if this once this guy figures out timing from elite pitching he's just going to be one of the best I mean he already is one of the best players in the country um, and, but I mean, we're talking elite, 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 uh, in that, you know, definite first round type discussion. Yeah. Um, and man, he, you know, out of Long Beach, uh, Millican high school, you know, I guess one thing we haven't talked about is the, the move from San Diego to Long Beach for area code. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, that, no one to talk about that. Yeah, jogged my memory a little bit when I saw that. I was like, oh, we haven't talked about that. Uh, but yeah, just an elite athlete, uh, great kid, uh, one-time Cal commit, now committed to Texas, um, but big-time player. Uh, excited to watch him this spring and see what he looks like out of Eric.
Yeah, he's got some tools. Um, just a really, really exciting player. Just everything he does is um is just exciting and and athletic and and fun to watch. Um out in Arizona in the 2025 class, uh, I'm going right-handed pitcher Jack Laughlin. Um, and I just watching him, he comes out and he's throwing like you know, 92, 93 mile an hour cutters. I mean, he is just eating guys up. And it's like this. He's long, he's tall. It's kind of a crossfire look, if I remember right. And the ball is just getting on these guys, and it's an uncomfortable look. Um, you know, he, he's got some projection. I mean, there's some shoulder flexibility. And, like, I'm just watching him. I'm like, I don't – like, what am I missing here? I, I This should be one of the most, like, you know, famous right-handed pitchers uh, in the nation. When you kind of start to think about, okay, the spin, he can spin a breaking ball. He's throwing these – fastballs he's cutting it he's just eating guys up he's blowing them away it's an uncomfortable look uh so i i'm really excited to follow jack laughlin's progress this spring and i think he's got a chance to be like a major major dude um nationally on the pitching side because it's a really uncomfortable at bat there's a lot of stuff um there's still some projection and uh and he can fill up the zone too so uh, really excited to to see what he's got in store for his spring and summer this upcoming year. Yeah, let me back up where I go on to my next one. I, I said Cal commit for Anthony Pack. He was actually a UCLA commit. But um, that, that one thing we, we talked about it a little bit in different uh, different times throughout the year, but it is so interesting to look at that California group um, and see how many of those guys are going east. Um you know, obviously, I think the the change in conferences is having something to do with that, especially for UCLA, USC. Um, but another one um, that, you know, we'll get to. So my Arizona one for 25 is Riker Waite. Mm -hmm. um, and at one, one point was a was a uh, Oregon State commit. And, you know, back in, um, I guess, October, flipped this commitment to Vanderbilt. But uh, he's a guy at Queen Creek High School uh that we'll get to see in the festival um that i'm really excited about um i have another guy from my 26 from queen creek but Riker weight uh elite defensive player uh good swing from the left left hand side looks like he's one of those guys that just plays really hard all the time um so i'm excited to see him this spring uh the vanderbilt commit out of queen creek Riker weight yeah it's a good one um and yeah it's it's Kind of, I feel like USC is becoming a little bit more of a recruiting presence out there in California. I think they've done a good job. Uh, that new staff getting in there, making some inroads and, and getting some big gets. Um, you know, Stanford, uh, kind of looking through some 2026 names. Stanford, like, cleaned house in 2026. Yeah. Yep. Um, UCLA, I, I feel for John Savage, man. I feel like he gets, like, every year they lose a couple guys, you know? But, like, he doesn't really miss when he grabs guys early on. I mean, like when they take a guy, um, chances are he's really, really good. And unsurprisingly, like that was one of the few head coaches we saw at Area Code that was literally every pitch of the event locked in, radar gun, stopwatch, taking notes. I mean, you would have thought he was a scouting director the way he was kind of just bearing down on every single guy out there. So it's not surprising that they get really, really good players. But 
Yeah, it's it's you're starting to see like, you know, a lot of these kids go east, you know, the Texas, the LSUs and and things like that. So um, there's just so many good players out there that I guess at the end of the day, you know, UCLA, and USC and some of the other programs can't take all of them. Um, so um, my national name in the 2025 class is uh, Ethan Klaus. Uh, lifting, hitting shortstop, committed to Texas A&M. I mean, the Aggies are at it again, man, getting really good players outside the Texas border. Um, I got some major Walker Martin vibes when I watched Ooh. him. Uh, okay. It kind of reminded me of him on the hitting side, the physical side, the the traits defensively. Um, I mean, he made a couple of plays at area code that were really standout uh, plays. And I think there's some major potential with the bat as well. Like he strikes me as a type of player that we're going to get into, you know, deep into next summer. And people are just super excited about making sure they go see a lot of Ethan Klaus in that upcoming spring before he's a draft guy. So um, great get uh, for the Aggies, um, a guy that's got a chance to be a really, really special infielder nationally um, in the 2025 class. Yeah, uh, I'm going to stay out West um, for a, a guy that has uh, reclassified another one of those um, Cruz Schoolcraft out of Beaverton, Oregon. So some apparently some uh, sounds like he's going to homeschool uh, and not play high school baseball for the next two seasons, which is which is interesting. And I, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I mean, we you know, we've seen some of the some of the homeschool stuff popping up around here and it's becoming a lot more prevalent, but seems like the, you know, from everyone I've talked to that the school crafts have a really good plan in place for him. Mm -hmm. um, you know, save some bullets, go to the right events, get some really uh, specialized training. Um, but I think they're doing some driveline stuff as well as some, um, uh, some strength and conditioning. Um, you know, we, we were at the, uh, over at watching some of the five-star guys work out uh, last week from the college side and then the high school the next day. But I think Chandler Hart had actually been up somewhere with Cruz doing some sort of training. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but man, he's a guy that I've liked for more than two years. Uh, you know, he first got tipped off or kind of given information about him by Michael Torres, you know, my former teammate at Texas and, um, who brings it brings teams down to Melissa uh, from, from from SoCal but Cruz was a guy that um, you know obviously being from Oregon uh, played with him did some USA stuff as well uh, but man like I saw him two years ago and he was relatively thin and then we saw him at area code he looked like a different guy yeah uh, a year later like he is a monster uh, and he is hyper athletic for a guy that that, that size too he moves well um, he can swing the bat, he can pitch, uh, just a, a really good baseball player. Um, and I think back in December is when he'd made the decision to reclassify to the 25 group from after, you know, being a 26 before that, but man, like he's going to be a guy that's going to be in that mix for top of the draft in that 25 draft, assuming health, of course. Um, but man, like I, that, that's the only thing that I think could derail him. Not that he's had any issues with health, but, you know, the player of his caliber, like that's, that's really about the only hurdle that you could see for a kid like that. But, yeah. Um, elite athlete, um, man, I, I'm curious to see what he looks like. I think he listed like six, eight, like two fifteen. 
um, in something that I saw. So uh, excited to see what he he does with this path. You know, I'm, it's it's going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, you know, just the homeschool option in general. But some of these guys that are reclassifying, like you know, being able to take that time and really develop um, and spend time on your craft. And you know, if you're homeschooling, like I, I remember talking to some of the parents at at the homeschool event that we covered back in the spring. Um, just really interesting to hear like why people chose to do the homeschool route. And, you know, I thought one of the parents mentioned something about it to me, you know, like, look, like we can travel whenever we want, we can do mm -hmm. school anywhere we go, anywhere we want, spend as much time as on it as we need. Um, but you know, for a kid like that, he's not going to have any constraints on when he can go do what. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects his development. Um, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see it play out. Yeah. I think you got him listed at like six, four, one seventy. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. a little, little, definitely a little light. Um, yeah. When I was going through and making my, my lineups of the best prospects I saw um, in person, in 2024, 25, 26, like he he made the third team. And you can make a case he should have been on the second team just because he's he's gonna be one of the best left-handed pitching prospects in the nation for for his class. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I feel like if you're if you've got that kind of outlook and you're you're fortunate to be around somewhere where it can really help you on the development side, like I mean that's a great avenue to pursue, you know, like especially if you have aspirations of whether being a pro guy or major, major, major D one guy, uh, he's still uncommitted, I think. Um, yeah, I'm sure it's his, I'm sure when he reclassified the phone started blowing up, um, endlessly, but yeah, it, it, it'll be fascinating. Um, you know, especially to like, you know, I, I'm not trying to knock Oregon high school baseball, but you know, how many times is, you know, a guy like that going to be really, really, really challenged by elite level talent, you know, like it's, it's not like you're, you know, you're in the Trinity League in Southern California and like every week you go play somebody, it's somebody that's just extremely good. And like you're getting the really good evaluation settings and all that sort of stuff. So uh, he's a heck of a talent, man. It was really, really fun to watch him. Uh, before we dive into the 2026 class, going to tell you a little bit more about our friends are hit forth. If you've ever gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed the coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have TrackMan showing live info on their video, bo video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time recognized pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out Hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. 
Again, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com. Uh, $40 off right now. You can try those guys for as little as $59. Uh, just go check them out. Again, uh, I, we cannot recommend them strongly enough. Uh, just everything you would ever want or need on the hitting development side. Uh, these guys can do it and you can do it remotely as well. Um, you know, obviously you can't go in the facility and hit with their, their tech and their machines and their hit tracks and all that sort of stuff. But if you've got somewhere to hit, trust me, they will tailor make a program just for you. They will track everything. They will pour everything they've got into trying to make you a better hitter. Um, and we've seen the results. I mean, you can go on there and they've got plenty of examples of just eye-popping improvements for some of these guys, the gains some of these players experience in exit velocity and with their swings and in their functional strength. Uh, I mean, the proof is in the results and they've got the results to back the back it up. So go check out those guys, uh, hitforth.com and on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, the 2026 class, our, our, uh, our final four guys here, um, starting in Texas, uh, this is a guy, you know, I, I've started to do a lot of work on the 2026 class because I want to be cognizant of the top tier talent in that group because I feel like that's a way that, and, and I'm not trying to say like, you know, I'm not trying to be narcissistic or whatever about this, but like, I feel like that's a way we can really help college coaches is to really try to, you know, evaluate and get some eyes on these top end 2026 players, because those are the guys that, you know, when the summer rolls around, they're going to want to know who to prioritize and who to see. And, and trust me, I mean, they, they do their work as well, but um, just like, I want to try to maybe a little bit more evaluate that class um, and kind of have a great feel for it coming out of spring and heading to the summer. And one guy I am super, super high on. Um, and I feel like collectively, I don't think the industry is is high on him yet. I, I think they will be in the future. And that's Harper Gates from Tomball. Uh, I had the luxury of being able to sit on him for uh, a few games this summer down at this 12 Scout League. He's a special talent. Uh, he's a special talent. He's a special player. There's a lot of things he does instinctively that uh, are, are really high level. Um, he made a play in foul territory I saw from shortstop that was one of the best plays I saw in the summer, just a full sprint, perfect route, perfect reaction off the bat, made a fearless, amazing play, just kind of showcasing his range. And he's a taller kid too. He's got some size. Um, he's got some projection as well. And just a good defender um, really competes in the batter's box, major potential as a right-handed hitter. Uh, I think he's got a chance to stick at shortstop long-term. Maybe he grows into a guy that eventually has to move off, but that's something you visit years down the road. And he can get on the mound, and it's pitchability, it's command, it's mid, sits in the mid-80s right now, can spin a breaking ball, really competes at a high level. Um, and, like, he was, like, one of the dudes on a really, really, really loaded summer team. And I'll, I'll be curious to see how he fits into the puzzle at Tomball because Tomball, <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches over there. Uh, with infielders, with pitchers, I mean, heck, with everything. They are loaded at Tomball. And, but I, I think Harper Gates is a guy that I'm super fired up about in the spring. I feel like he's a guy that when we get to the summer, people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I've got to, I've got to, you know, contact Harper Gates. I've got to recruit Harper Gates. i got to try to get into a camp. 
Um, just I, I think a really special all-around player um, that happens to happen the, the happens to have the physical side and the tools as well. You're muted. Okay, my bad. There you go. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm gonna go with, with a DFW area guy, uh, Easton Autry, uh, Texas A&M commit. The numbers that he puts out uh, on you know exit velocity type stuff, uh, both with metal and with wood, uh, are pretty special, uh, especially for his age. <laughs> you know, he, if you saw the data on him, you would think that this was you know, one of the top players in the 24 class or potentially even a college guy um, at a big school uh, because he he puts out some numbers that are are pretty ridiculous in the, in the way of exit velocity um, metrics. Uh, you know, I, I've known, I mean, Easton, I guess, for a long time. I uh, played for his dad uh, growing up, Heath, um, who, great baseball guy. And that's one of the reasons that I'm going to be forever high on Easton just because I know what kind of background he's going to be around every day when it comes to the game. Um, you know, I, I think he's uh, still growing. Um, I know he had some knee problems when he was younger just because of the growth. Um, and so I'm excited to see what he does. Sounds like he's going to pitch a little bit out of the bullpen for oh, okay. Canada this year. Um, but man, just, you know, got to catch up with his dad recently and, um, you know, just listening to things that, that he's been doing, uh, it's exciting to hear, you know, because just because there's so many options of, of things you can do and, uh, to get better. And it looks like, I mean, he's got a great plan. I mean, a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff dealing with athleticism, you know, it's, it's not just the hitting, you know, like, I mean, it's not just going to a cage and, and hit, I mean, it's, it's complete baseball development, um, you know, and I know his dad's guarded about throwing too much praise on him, um, which is refreshing, but I mean, it's, it, I can tell that like, there's a lot in there that there's going to be excitement about. Um, he had a really good year last year on varsity as a freshman. Um, and I think he's just going to continue to really make a name for himself. Um, you know, I, I know, remember basically people saw him hit and were like, man, like this, this kid can't be a freshman in high school. Um, and I just, I know that he's going to work at it. Uh, I, I know that, you know, if you ask him, you ask his dad, they'll tell you there's a lot for him to work on, which, which is exciting. You know, it's, um, you know, you, you definitely don't want to be a finished product at that age, but, you know, I think he's doing a lot of stuff to continue to own his craft. Um, you know, whether it be defensively, offensively on the mound, you know, throwing, lifting, uh, just agility stuff, you know, stuff like that. So I'm excited to see him take off and just continue to be a really impactful player uh, at, at Corsicana this spring and see what he does on some of the big, bigger stage events uh, moving into the, into the summer. Yeah. You sent me some of the data and I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was just like, I, I, I and I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I don't, I don't believe this. Like there had to be something juiced or something. Uh, and it's not, it, it's not. And it's, it's, I mean, he's got a chance to be like a major, major, major left-handed hitter 
uh, not just in Texas, in the nation, uh, with the way he can impact the baseball already in his swing. So um, that that's a good call there. Uh, in California for my 2026, uh, I'm going to go with Dax Hardcastle. Uh, we saw him for an inning at area code, and it was electric. Um, yeah. Up to 92, uh, the slider was a monster pitch. I uh, can really, really spin it. Um, even showed off a little changeup as well. And uh, he's he's got to be one of the top uncommitted players, not just in California, but the nation. Um, he's got some good size to him already. Uh, we saw him kind of air it out in a relief role because he was he knew he was only going to throw one inning. Uh, but I do think there's, you know, there's the the, the frame, the durability, uh, sturdy, strong. I think there, this is a guy that's going to be projected as a starter, um, you know, this upcoming spring and the long term as well. So uh, I'll be excited to follow what he's got in store uh, for the swing. I mean, for the spring, I believe he's a he's a no-cow guy. Um, so Dax Hardcastle, certainly, I'm sure he's on the top of, of a lot of lists uh, for right-handed pitchers in that 2026 class. Okay, if you go up to NorCal, I'm going to go down to SoCal um, for Gavin Hoddle, TCU commit mm-hmm. out of Orange Lutheran. Um, I saw this kid in a camp uh, a couple summers ago or falls ago, and I I just I love watching him play. I like watching him hit. I think he's just going to be a guy that hits everywhere he goes. Um, big physical kid, um, has a feel. You know, you can tell he's still growing, but still has a good – grasp of what he's trying to do at the plate um and yeah kind of i mean reminds me a little bit of 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 tulo um you know like just the body type and the way he swings the bat um kind of got a little bit of a leg kick i i just i i really like him you know i know i think he's gonna end up playing mostly third for olu this year um but you know he's he's done some stuff at short um you know and uh he's another guy that i know uh, off the field is working to become not just a better baseball player, but a better athlete. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was part of the deal for him, you know, is, is being a better runner. Um, and I know he's taken some steps to really improve himself in that regard. And man, like, I mean, if he gets to a spot where he can really play shortstop, like that's, that's going to be really intriguing. Um, he's already athletic enough. He has really good movements um, on the infield, so I mean, you feel you know right now he can play third base. Like the actions there are really good, um, but just a just a really good player. Um, and you know, it's not all tools. He he's a baseball player. You know, talking to uh, some of the guys that have coached him and coached against him, um, there's there's a lot to be excited about with Gavin. So excited to see how that body continues to change. I think that's kind of a theme for a lot of these guys uh, at the earlier um, at the younger age groups. But, man, I, I can see him having a monster spring and just turning into a monster prospect over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's going to – man, man, TCU does a heck of a job uh, in general, yeah. but, like, especially yeah. on the West Coast too. Like, when they go out there to Arizona and California and try to, like, get guys, like, they are like really, uh, really good players. Uh, in Arizona for my 2026, I'm going to go back to uh, Castile High School. Uh, man, Castile is loaded. Mason Russell and uh, Landon Harrison they got a bunch of really good players. Uh, but Ryan Harwood, um, left-handed hitting, first baseman, corner infielder, corner outfielder kind of guy. Um, he had one of my favorite swings I saw all summer. Uh, short, efficient, quick. 
Uh, he's really, really strong. Uh, he's kind of like, he's very similar to Eastern Austria, I think. Uh, in that like, you could see him like the bat being so good that like, it just like nothing else really matters because of the way he hits. Like it's that kind of bat. It's that kind of power potential. Um, I, I think that he is going to be just a monster, monster left-handed hitting prospect um, out in Arizona. So um, Ryan Harwood, uh, my pick for out there, um, fired up to see what he's got in store for the spring out there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stay Queen Creek where I was for my last guy. Um, you know, number one, cause I'm excited to see them come for the festival. Um, uh, but man, talk about it. An electric player, Tate Reynolds out of Queen Creek, who's also, um, a big time quarterback. Uh, you know, we like quarterbacks. We like dual sport guys. Um, he was involved. I guess last week, week and yeah, I guess it would have been last week uh, with the All American football game. Um, so he did some of the combine stuff, some of the throwing stuff. Man, like I got I I saw a bunch of really good baseball highlights, but man, I I got glued on to some of his football highlights. He's a really really impressive uh, quarterback for his age, uh, not just arm strength and athleticism, but man, like he he looks like he knows how to maneuver around the pocket. Um, pretty good for a kid his age footwork was good you know knew how to like climb up in the pocket with some pressure I mean it looked pretty pretty effortless but um moving back to the baseball side big right-handed hitting outfielder um you can just tell I mean we the, the physicality that you see with a lot of these big time football prospects I know you talked about it with Jonah Williams but it stands out and like you know it's 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 just different. Like those guys that have really been in the weight room um, with, you know, somewhat of a different mindset when it comes to training. Uh, I, I, I always remember when I was in Texas, like there, it was very evident the guys that had played football and really knew their way around the weight room and just, mm -hmm. you know, knew what they were doing. Um, and I get that feel from, from watching tape play and move around on both on, on both fields, whether it be baseball or football, but man, impressive looking athlete, can really really run um i'm i'm curious to see how you know i mean obviously he's been involved in some of the all-american stuff already for for football um so see what kind of prospect he ends up being in that sport but i could see him being a dual sport guy uh in college for sure but man special looking athlete excited to see him this spring at the festival for sure and then my final name for the 2026 class on the national side is uh andrew costello uh from cathedral prep out in pennsylvania uh wake forest commit man wake forest does a, a heck of a job out there um costello like i think he was maybe the best catching prospect i saw like regardless of class and he just yeah he's really really talented there's some tools there really good chance to stick long term at catcher but like the way he carried himself, he just – he already carried himself like a big leaguer, you know? Like, just the way yeah. he interacted with teammates, the way he competed in the batter's box, the type of heartbeat he played with. Just one of those guys that oozed, like, quiet leadership intangibles and competitiveness and, like, was never overwhelmed with anything that was happening, fought the game at a really good rate, processed things mentally really well all around, worked with his pitchers well – uh, he just checked all the boxes and it's just one of those guys you just kind of get a vibe for. It's like, man, that guy's going to figure out a way to be a big leaguer. Like 
I don't know if it's going to be a draft pick at a high school. I don't know if it's going to be after college, whatever it is, but like I'm betting on that guy uh, just because there's a lot of talent there, but it's just the way he plays the game. So um, it was a joy to watch him. He was on that Yankees area code team. And uh, I was, I was surprised to see that he was a 2026. I thought he was for sure a 2025, um, but just a really, really fun player to watch. And a guy that like, one of those guys you kind of see once and you're like, you file it away. It's like, I'm I'm always going to follow what kind of career this guy has just because I yep. just really liked him that much watching him play and watching him interact with his teammates. Yeah, he happens to be really, really talented too, which helps. Yeah. That Yankees group was fun. Uh, yeah. You know, talking about, you know, betting on guys, you know, I, we've seen it so much, um, you know, over time, but betting on guys that are sons of big leaguers, uh, especially guys that are longtime big leaguers. Smart. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, I used to, it used to drive me crazy when I was a player because obviously I was not a big leaguer's son, but I'd see all these guys and I'd be like, I just don't like, who cares? Their dad played, you know, we get it. But like, what's the, what's the reasoning behind them being bumped as a prospect? Um, but <laughs> over time I I've slowly, uh, but surely, uh, come to subscribe to that theory. And, and so I'm going, I moved over to, uh, North Carolina, uh, for son of Cameron Maven, uh, Trenton Maven. Yeah. Um, good one, man. I was like, you know, when we were starting to do some of our research for today's episode, I was just kind of poking around trying to find some guys. And like, I, uh, he just popped out, um, uh, another Duke commit actually. Um, man, they're like, so they, they, they're getting some big time guys, but I mean, you can see a lot of his dad in the way he moves around and the way mm-hmm. he swings the bat. I mean, like, you know, he he's he's a special athlete. He looks like he has a really good idea of what he's doing at the plate. Um, but man, I I would put money on him be, being a, a big leaguer at some point. It's just kind of like you say, like some of these guys just have a feel. And I watched clip after clip after clip of him. And the one, one thing that stood out is like how well he repeats his swing already. Um, and he's kind of a long, tall, athletic kid. Um, but man, like, it's just like, it, I always, one thing that I always do too, is like when I'm going through some of this stuff, I like to like go through and check and see like who's liked some of this stuff and who retweets it. And, you know, I, I always find that interesting to see how it, if you see if you can get a feel for how their peers feel about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that stuck out to me about Trenton is like, there's a wide variety of guys from across the country that seem to like stuff that he's mentioned in or his clips. And I, that's just always fascinating to me. I mean, does it mean a whole lot to how he is as a player? Maybe, maybe not, but I, I it's just something that like I tend to notice sometimes you know, and when going through some of these kids' Twitter feeds, um, just to see, you know, because like I imagine if someone was a jerk or just not well liked, I would doubt you're getting a lot of uh response and feedback and retweeting and likes um on posts nationwide. But like Tritton's a guy that I just like I, I didn't I actually didn't find him on Twitter, so he may not even have it, but um, I just, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me to see who likes and retweets stuff. Um, cause it usually gives you a little bit of insight, you know, right, whether yeah. it means, whether it means anything, you know, that's debatable. Um, 
but it's certainly not a bad thing to come across as being a guy that's really well liked. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's the, just the, a guy like that is easy to dislike. Jealousy yeah. and all oh, his dad was a big leaguer. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, he's he's gets ranked and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's easy to dislike those. No, I'm with you. That stuff matters, you know. Um, yeah, and I just I I just I don't know why, but it seems to pop up to me when I'm going through these kids' feeds. Um, and I like I said, I I you can tell that the athleticism and the, the raw talent is special, but um, you know, add that into the experiences he's probably had on the field. And um, I think you're going to have a pretty good player there. Yeah. Well, that wraps up. Uh, Let me do some quick math here. We each did 12 guys. So 24 players that uh, we're excited about uh, this upcoming season um, from Texas, California, Arizona, and then some national names as well. If you haven't checked out 5tool.org recently, uh, we've got loaded coverage from the Hawaii Sandlot Classic. Um, thanks to Tim Arakawa and, and Tracy Warren and Jeff Kahn for, for passing along some names that they really liked from guys they saw in person. Like I went through a bunch of our video coverage and uh, it was a loaded event, just a lot of a lot of talent. And we went through and guys in the 2024 class, 2025 class, and another story of 2026 and 2027 guys. A lot of standouts from that event. I think it ended up being close to 50 players um, that we mentioned. But I got to shout out our guy, Jeff Kahn, who uh, was at the Hawaii Sandlot Classic. And, uh, you know, it was like, hey, you know, a, a while back, should I go to Tokyo? And it's like, well, you're halfway there. You know, you might as well. Like, when, when are you going to be closer flight-wise? And so he goes to Tokyo and of course, Jeff ends up at baseball fields, you know, just seeing if he can find some players and doing some recon and figuring out where the good players are. And uh, lo and behold, uh, I mean, he he didn't discover uh, this guy. I mean, he's a he's a really good player over there. But like he discovered him in the sense that like I don't think America really knew about him. But um, Shotaro Mori. Uh, who's in the 2025 class out there who goes to uh Toho junior and senior high school in Tokyo. And, you know, Jeff is kind of sending me updates as, as he's watching this guy. And this kid is a phenomenal prospect. Um, and Jeff did an amazing job. There's a great, you know, full length, you know, feature story on firetool.org right now about um, Shotaro and like going to watch him at practice and in, in Japanese baseball and, uh, and just a great description of what kind of talent he is. And this kid's really, really special. It's a good delivery, right-handed pitcher, spins a breaking ball up to 92, like in like a first bullpen, nasty fork ball. Uh, it got great work on the infield. It's shortstop, actions, hands, arm strength. Uh, and then he gets in the batter's box. And like, it's one of the best left-handed swings I've seen from a 2025 guy. It is a special swing. It's easy power. It's the type of swing where the barrel stays in the zone, but like he also creates the path to drive it out of the yard with a little lift. I mean, he was, he was poking home runs over the right field netting, like no problem. And, and he's, he's got major interest in coming over to America to play college baseball. And if you're a major, major division one program and you think there's an opportunity that like you might have interest in recruiting a guy from Japan, uh, you need to go look at the story. You need to go watch the film. And, uh, and Shotaro uh, tweeted out uh, in English, 
that you know he can be contacted he's like basically he's like hey if you're interested here's my email address reach out to me so it's been fun to follow like how many people are following him on twitter now um after this story and uh it's a lot of college coaches too but uh i'm i'm totally jealous that jeff not only went to tokyo but like got to watch this kid in person and like go to a high school uh, high school baseball practice and, and check this guy out so uh, really, really cool stuff. Um, I've retweeted a bunch of it, but uh, all the video and, and everything, we've got a profile page up for him. Um, and Jeff wrote a great story about it. Uh, so go check that out. But uh, did you watch the film, Drew? Because I was like, I'm thinking, okay, like you're hyping this kid up. Like, how good is he? You just went to this, you know, high school practice in Japan and like you've heard this kid's good. And then I start watching. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is really, really good. Um, yeah, so I hadn't seen it until I, like, I guess we put it out there and uh -huh. had a couple college coaches text me about him. Um, and I was like, let me, let me look into this. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I tend to agree with just about everything you're saying on him. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. And, uh, I imagine there'll be, if he does actually end up wanting to come over to America to play college baseball, I don't think he's going to have a problem finding a home. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I guess one of those guys might be a question of what he wants to do or where he wants to play. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to follow that. Um, Guess we may need to go over to uh Japan to do some scouting ourselves. I agree. Um, I agree 100 percent Uh especially never... after seeing especially after seeing um some of Jeff's uh pictures of food. Yeah, um, I think I think we could I think we could find a way to make it over there and, and do some reporting. Yeah, I, I think that you know at least two weeks, uh, I think, to get a really good feel for everything and and kind of find some some players. Hey, if you send me over there for a month, I'll come back with a, a full rankings list. We'll have it nailed. We'll have the best 55 players in Japan uh, ranked out for, for everybody. But, uh, yeah, totally jealous of that trip. But, again, get to 5tool.org and check out all of our Hawaii coverage from the Sandlot Classic. And then um, this great, great story on, on Shotoro Mori and Jeff's trip to over there uh, to Japan. But, um, well, that wraps it up for me. Uh, I guess we do have um, – NFL playoff football, baby. Steelers are in. Catch the excitement. The going, the what the Watless. going to Buffalo. Yeah, the Watless Steelers heading to heading to Buffalo um, to face to face Josh Allen um, in that team without not, not, what? Yeah, not very optimistic about the chances, but hey, you know, classic Mike Tomlin. Um, just just. Things look ugly, and then just like they sneak into the playoffs somehow, and we'll probably get bounced in the first round. I think I saw the last three playoff games, the Steelers have given up over 40 points in every one of them, which is just alarming. Um, so not very optimistic, but um, you've got to be living I've, life right now. The Eagles falling apart, like that's that's going to feel good. I can't say I have a whole lot of sympathy for our boy Sirianni. Um, He's not a very likable guy, is he? He is not, and I, uh, I what I'm hoping happens um, this weekend. I, I, I really like the Lions. The Lions are kind of my like second favorite team in the NFL right now. Um, however, 
seeing as that the Cowboys are my first favorite team, my favorite team, the hometown, um, I kind of want – so the perfect thing to me would be Cowboys win, Rams win, so then that shifts the Rams going to San Francisco – Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then that would put the winner of Tampa Bay and Philadelphia going to Dallas in the second round, assuming get by the hot, uh, hot Packers right now. Um, that's a sneaky, scary, uh, like kind of matchup because Cowboys and Packers and, in the playoffs, what could go wrong? Yeah. Well, the, the whole fact that everything's at home helps the my feeling towards all of it so much just from a from a weather standpoint you know i think like the cowboys can't play in bad weather at this mm-hmm. point so they're either going to be at home or in san francisco so that's a that was huge that was critical for them but um i would definitely not be opposed to ending sirianni's playoff run this year um and i wouldn't be opposed to playing the bucks either um and ending Baker Mayfield's um, playoff. But, you know, now that I say that, they'll probably lose this weekend um, to Jordan Love. But I'm still mad at the Packers for ruin, like for Jaden Reed having a career game and costing me the um, uh, a lot of money and uh, the title in my fantasy, one of my fantasy football leagues. So, um I hope that Cowboys stay on script, play a clean game, and get out of there with a double-digit win, um, which is possible. Um, but I could also see him getting beat too, because you know, as young as those weapons are from the Packers, they may just be naive enough to come in there and, and do some damage. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I do feel good about, along with being inside, is that you know the the Packers have been playing better on defense the last couple of weeks, but they can be had a little bit, which I think. Um, you know, the way that Dak and CD have been playing, I think, um, matters. And hopefully we have Tyler Smith back, um, and Zach Martin, obviously, but, um, I, you know, the fact that they're staying inside and don't have, aren't going to have a game where they're going to have to find a way to rely on the run is encouraging, um, because they just haven't done it all year. Um, and having to go to some cold weather place where that would be a real factor, not, doesn't sound all that promising to me. So everything's falling the way they need it to. Um, it'll just be a matter of doing it from here on out um, and seeing where it takes them. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see, I, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't see the way they're playing right now. Baltimore is just going to be such a tough out for anybody on the mm-hmm. AFC side. I mean, I, the chiefs are down, you know, the Buffalo's down. Um, Miami's down like it's all I mean I I hate I hate what's happened for Miami the last like couple weeks because they they went from having a chance to do some real damage to just you know just being crushed by injuries yeah um losing Jalen Phillips losing Chubb I think Van Ginkle's out um Xavier Howard's been out some Mostert Waddle um even Tyreek's playing, but banged up. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Dolphins guy. I like the Dolphins too. Um, they're kind of my, been my AFC second favorite team. So, but I just don't, it's going to be tough for them to go up and win in Kansas city. I mean, just assume that 
they're going to find a way. But, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's going to be Baltimore and somebody I think is how it's going to play out. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Miami going to Kansas City where it's supposed to be zero degrees at kickoff. I'm not sure how well that's gonna it's gonna translate uh for those guys. So yeah. AFC Well at is least Ty at least Tyreek's been there. He he's knows been what there, he wants yeah. to Yeah, he's been there. He's he been knows through what it's it. like. He yeah. he may he may just wanna he may just level up and just wanna like get that narrative out of the way and um you know, I mean shoot. Kansas City hasn't been very good at all. No, I, I would have much preferred the Steelers play Kansas City than Buffalo. Like, they, Kansas yeah. City has just not really clicked all year long. Um, whereas Buffalo, I feel like they've been a little bit better since they made the OC change and and, and that sort of stuff and the way they've been running the ball lately. So, yeah, the AFC is kind of limping into the playoffs, and the NFC is, is definitely looks like to be a little bit on the stronger side. But – uh all right, that wraps us up. Episode 140. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. You can follow us um, on Twitter, Dustin L. McComas, Drew H. Bishop, and follow the podcast at 5ToolPod on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, all of the 5Tool accounts as well. Uh, but until we talk to y'all next time, uh, have a good week and take care.